This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. This was another conversation that it was uh, just a few months ago that the headlines were just dominated by the fentanyl crisis. And even with Prime Minister uh, Trudeau's visit last week, um, he met with Police Chief Chaffin talking about the opiate crisis, specifically fentanyl. So we have talked about this a lot and whether or not the province is doing enough, if communities are doing enough. But I have to say in probably the last number of weeks, it's kind of fallen off the radar. I... I would love to think it's because fewer people are dying of fentanyl overdoses, although I think that's a little naive. I I think uh, it's still happening and maybe we're becoming immune to it. It's, you know, just like our 24-hour news cycle, it's not the story of the day. But I I think uh, recent research out of the University of Calgary is enough to make it that story for today. And that's why I want to bring in... Tuan Trang, he's Associate Professor, Hotchkiss Brain Institute at the University of Calgary to share some information on recent research that is pretty important. Tuan, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Angela. Thank you for having me. Now, give me an idea, though, when we talk about the opiate crisis. Can you give my listeners an idea of how serious it is when we're talking about Calgary or Alberta for the number of overdoses when it comes to the opiates? Well, uh, as, as we know, opioids are a really important class of drugs for treating pain, but they have a lot of side effects. And one of them is that people can become dependent on them. And we've seen a surge in the number of opioid prescriptions being used. And uh, we've also seen an increase in the, in the number of uh, opioid-related uh, deaths. And so the impact is immense. And our work is looking at understanding the causes of one particular side effect, which is uh, opioid withdrawal. And that's a condition that can develop in chronic opioid users when they stop or when they decrease their opioid use. Maybe we should start with what, how do you define an opioid? You said, you know, as far as pain management, but what, what is it doing in our bodies that allows us to deal with some pain? Well, what it does, well, opioids, uh, they, they suppress some of those pathways that convey or communicate that pain information. But the problem arises when uh, and someone uses opioids for an extended period of time. And so what happens is the body adapts to it, it adjusts. And so there's a new balance that is unmasked when let's say you stop using the opioid or you don't use enough of it. And that manifests as uh, withdrawal or the physical response to the absence of the opioids being in your body. I've been talking about fentanyl. That seems to be the the drug du jour. But other, what other opioids are we talking about? Oh, there's there's a it's a huge class yeah. of drugs, and they all have uh, they have different degrees of um, potency or yeah. how powerful they are in terms of being able to relieve pain and how uh, addictive they might be. Um, but but it's a very important class of drugs for us to manage um, pain after surgery and certain types of chronic pain conditions. Well, and that's the thing. Whenever I've talked about fentanyl or, as I say, oxycodone, codeine, I mean, uh, morphine, initially the reason someone maybe is prescribed it is because they're, they're dealing with severe pain. Mm-hmm. And then 
then eventually if they go off that and the pain could still be there that they or they have the withdrawal symptoms, that's what kind of causes the dependency, do you think? Um, it, it's a, it can be a factor. There's there's a lot more to it. And we looked at one particular aspect of the dependency, which is the physical aspects. But mm. when we talk about more broadly speaking addiction, there's drug craving, drug seeking. But when, when for our study, we looked at the physical aspects. And so this is the physical signs of withdrawal, the, the negative effects when you go off of opioids. And it is a factor in uh, compelling an individual to continue using opioids um, because the withdrawal experience from opioids is so aversive and can be quite debilitating that individuals will continue to use opioids so they don't have to experience withdrawal. Oh, wow. So you can okay. see a vicious cycle. Yeah. So what are some of those symptoms? Oh, uh, there's, there's uh, uh, anxiety, uh, there's uh, uh, sleep problems, so insomnia, um, depression, there's a lot of GI-related issues, so diarrhea, vomiting, uh, muscle cramps. Uh, people have compared it to uh, a terrible flu. Um, it, it, it's quite a, a, an aversive experience for anyone going through it. And I will eventually get to your research, but I wanted to set this all up, Tuan. So if you've got those withdrawals, even if you're going off the drug gradually, or, I mean, is this what we're hearing from people, that it's the withdrawals that makes them continue to stay on the drug just so they don't have to go right. through those lousy symptoms? I mean... Not so. So the, the the withdrawal tends to affect individuals that have been on the opioid for a while, mm. and yes, you can um, develop withdrawal even if you try to gradually get off of it, and it varies between individuals. And so you could try to taper. That is gradually decrease the amount of opioids, and yeah. and depending on how long you've been on it, depending on the type of opioid, depending on why you were on it, uh, you could experience withdrawal even as you're tapering that. At a, at a certain point. So ideally, you find a way to um, eliminate those withdrawal symptoms, and that gets to your research here. So what have you been looking at in your work with rodents? Well, we're trying to tease apart what the some of the underlying cellular causes of opioid withdrawal. And one of the things that we discovered was that microglia, which are immune cells that we all have in our brain and in our spinal cord, uh, that they're playing an important role in causing opioid withdrawal. And in our laboratory, when we suppressed the activity of these immune cells, we could uh, decrease many of those behavioral signs of withdrawal in our rodent models that uh, were given morphine or fentanyl. So when you were suppressing, you say, these immune cells? Yes. So a very specific target on those cells, known as Panexin-1 channels. And so when we selectively block the activity of that channel, we could alleviate many of the signs or symptoms of withdrawal. And so are you suppressing them with another drug then? Is that how you're suppressing them? Yes. So as it turned out, uh, when we were able to identify a mechanism... We then took a couple steps back and we asked, well, are there drugs that are clinically approved, that are available, that are safe, that might hit the same target? And it turns out that probenicid, which is an anti-gout medication, it's an old class of drug, um, can quite effectively block this channel. And when we tested it in the laboratory, we saw that it produced a striking reduction in uh, withdrawal from morphine and fentanyl. 
Well, that's pretty crazy. And I, I mean, I can't imagine how you go about determining this probenicid, the anti-gout medication. Did you have to look at a number of different drugs to say which one could we use that is safe and also has this effect of suppressing that particular cell? Uh, we did, but we started off with the fundamentals in terms of understanding the basic biology, mm. and that was where it was really important to understand why things were occurring before we could actually step back and ask, okay, well, now that we have an idea of how this is occurring, can we translate that and identify a drug that might be safe and that we might be able to translate? And so we did do all the basic biology first, and then we identified probenicid. We tested another compound as well, but we think probenicid might be a better option um, for uh, translating into the clinic possibly sometime in the future. So you're using a drug to allow people to get off of a drug, but these we're talking about two different drugs, obviously, yeah, one completely. in the opioid class and then the probenicid. Yeah, so, so we're, we're looking at being able to help someone who is experiencing withdrawal overcome that period when the withdrawal is incredibly intense. And so, uh, yes, so we are using another drug to help someone overcome another drug. But, but you know, with, with opiates, there's all these other major side effects, you know, the addictive properties, the, you know, all, all the other issues associated with it, whereas probenicid has uh, no known sort of addictive properties. All right, Juan, I have to take a break because now that was in rodents. Now I know I've got listeners who have dealt with family members who have had addictions. They're probably saying, how how do we get this in humans? So I'm going to find out about that. Tuan Twang, he is, sorry, Tuan Twang, he's Associate Professor, Hotchkiss Brain Institute at the University of Calgary, uh, talking about the work into avoiding the withdrawals of opiates or trying to eliminate them. At this point, as I said, it's just with rodents. What's the next step? We'll find out after this. 1-800-563-7770. Interesting research is being done at the University of Calgary when it comes to, in particular, the withdrawal symptoms uh, from opiates. And that's when we're talking about the heroines, the fentanyl, and Tuan Trang is the Associate Professor, Hotchkiss Brain Institute at the University of Calgary. And Tuan, I just got a text here, but I think this touches on what some people always think. Uh, someone's asking, is there any new research to change the addict's brain not to become addicted other than new drugs? And I know that's not your area of research we're talking about, but there must be um, so many reasons why some people become addicted to things um, where others don't. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated, complex uh, situation, and uh, there's a lot of social issues, uh, mental health issues associated with it. Um, but in our study, we really honed in on one particular uh, problem, and that was with the physical side of, of opioids, uh, the opioid withdrawal. And you really, maybe someone is trying to withdraw from the drug and the symptoms are so terrible, they continue to take the drug and not knowingly become even more dependent on it. And that's really, that's really the addiction, right? It's the, the dependency on that drug. Well, um, in technical terms, it's a, you can dissociate it a little bit oh, in the okay. sense that uh, addiction has other connotations associated with it, like drug craving, drug seeking, um, whereas an addict will display withdrawal uh, symptoms, but you could actually be using your opioid properly to manage your pain and you can become physically dependent on it so that mm. um, you can go through withdrawal. But it's not because you've misused the drug, but it's because your body has 
adjusted, has gotten used to having the drug on board, and so when you decrease that dose or you, when you try and come off of it, then you start experiencing the withdrawal symptoms. All right, let's get back to your rodents then. Are they mice or are they rats? Uh, we use both. Okay, you use both. Yeah. So you've, uh, if someone's just joining us, you're using this anti-gout medication and you have found that it manages to suppress this immune cell and so that allows then the rodents to not suffer any withdrawal symptoms? Uh, it alleviates many of those uh, withdrawal. It alleviates many yeah. of them. So it reduces them. Yeah. All right. So then uh, where do we go from here? Because as I said, I'm sure there's some people saying, how soon can we try this on humans? Right. That's a million dollar question. Yeah. We're actually at the very early stages of it. And, and we're, we're at the planning stage. I'm working uh, with the Calgary Pain Clinic. In particular, our collaborators are doctors Chris Banswick and Laurie Montgomery. And we're carefully designing uh, what that potential clinical trial might be. And we're at the stage where we're trying to get Health Canada approval, ethics, and we want to ensure that there's a high level of stringency, that there's safety, uh, that basically all the checks and balances are in place before we uh, venture to, towards testing um, the potential use of probenicid for this purpose. And to be clear, the anti-gout isn't going to have any addictive qualities or side effects that you know, you're trying to eliminate from getting off the opioids. Right. So, so that compound isn't associated with any sort of addiction liability. And uh, it's supposed to be relatively safe. But again, we need to study that a little bit more before we would advocate the use of that for, for this purpose. And I know obviously it's still early because you're just in those initial stages, mm -hmm. but down the road, I think of addicts who are trying to get off a drug and and sometimes they continue to either stay on the drug or have something else, but this could be very important for those addicts who are just trying to get through those withdrawal symptoms to be able to turn things around. Yes, I think it, it, withdrawal is a, a key determiner, or a key factor in continued use. And I think if we can devise a, a strategy to help them overcome that withdrawal period, it, it may lead to uh, more successful rehabilitation or, or having them be able to get off of the opioid use themselves. When you're saying you're trying to determine the next steps, and is that the Calgary Pain Clinic you're working with? Yes, it is. <laughs> What, what's the Calgary Pain Clinic? Are they they're the ones who are dealing with people who are obviously suffering from extreme pain? Or yeah, They do very important work there uh, in terms of individuals who have chronic pain and they help in terms of managing them. And uh, some of the drugs that they need to prescribe are opioids. And so in some of these patients, uh, they, need to, they want to, to either lower the dose of opioid they're on or come off of it. Uh, entirely and it's not that easy for some individuals because of the withdrawal symptoms and we're trying to figure out a way that we can test this compound to help these individuals. All right how soon do you think we'd actually see it in human trials? Uh, well we're working on that and uh, some of the sort of delays will be in terms of getting all the paperwork and the approval through so we're probably optimistically looking at uh, years away. Wow. And <laughs> yeah. that's all being optimistic. That is being, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the one sort of highlight here is that our research has uncovered uh, or shed light on um, being able to understand why withdrawal occurs, at least in the laboratory setting. And right. also we then were able to identify a potential 
uh, therapeutic targets. So, so those two things sort of are the main things that came out of our research. And the next step now is um, is trying to translate that so that we can use this new knowledge to help people who who want to overcome this. Great work you're doing. Tuan, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angela. Tuan Trang, he is Associate Professor, Hotchkiss Brain Institute at the University of Calgary. That's kind of discouraging, though, isn't it? When you say years. And that's not to say look at the work they've done just on the animals, the rodents, to see exactly what is happening when it comes to those crazy withdrawals. But, of course, we always want things to happen a little bit quicker, especially when we've been dealing with this issue for, well, in the last couple of years for sure. All right, let's take a break here, and I want to get your phone calls and thoughts, 403-974-8255. We've had um, a day of talk radio to be able to digest what's been happening in the States and tragically what's been happening in Quebec City as well. I found a good article, though, because I, I know with the other shows, I've heard people say, well, this is exactly what... President Obama's administration did when it came to a ban on refugees. Uh, just a good article. I wanted to share some of those thoughts, and I will do that after this. I'm Angela Coca. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.